You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Gavin Creel. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. Education at large is something that has been the star of my life up to this point. You know, my arts education has been my greatest teacher and and my being surrounded by people who were interested in the arts and wanted to make themselves better actors, better artists, better singers. So my, my colleagues were my teachers. What's great about Scott Rudin and Tom Schumacher of Head of Disney and Mark Platt, David Stone and all these massive, um, Jeff, Jeffrey Seller and Kevin McCollum and Junkyard Dogs and these great producers of Broadway that are, are too many to name, they're driving the car that we all get to sort of in, or at least they're they're providing the car, mm-hmm. but it doesn't run without every single person. I love the invisible artists mm-hmm. who are very much visible to me, but maybe you and the audience don't see. It's something that I really pride. My favorite part of the industry mm-hmm. and doing what I do is the backstage stuff. Mm-hmm. On stage is great. I love getting applause. Don't get me wrong. I love the attention. Who doesn't? It's, mm-hmm. it's the life that surrounds and and goes through the theater that excites me. Because if it was just what was going on on stage, we do the same thing every day. It would become intensely boring. And at times it can be like, oh gosh, I have to do it again. But the thing that makes it exciting for me is the life that is a part of the theater. And that has everything to do with the relationships that you make with the people that brought you there, your teachers, your your, uh, classmates. It has everything to do with, like you said, the invisible artists, the crew, IATSE, local 802, the musicians union, the ushers, the front of house staff, the mm-hmm. merchandise people that you walk, you may not see them often, but you walk through the theater and you're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And I know that they see us on stage every night. And then when we, it's the Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS volunteers that we grab the buckets and we go out and we collect to raise money for times like these, mm-hmm. where if it weren't for the community coming together, that's what I like the most about uh, what I do. The acting part of it is not first on the list for me. Mm-hmm. The awards are certainly not first because you, you know, the chances of you winning it or getting nominated or winning an award are very low. None of that stuff. The money is nice because I'm able to afford a life that I never thought I would be able to. But again, if you want money, don't go into theater. My gosh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lucky, it's a lucky few of us who are fortunate enough to own apartments or mm-hmm. pay for your food. It's, it's really hard to do what you do and that's why it's important to give back and then keep investing in the community and the relationships of people i think it's it's what makes creativity something to celebrate because all stepping stones or or moments rungs on the ladder whatever you want to say to lead you to a dream because everybody that comes to new york they don't come to new york to like oh i think that sounds like a nice place to settle down and raise a family people who come to New York, especially in our industry, are coming to contribute, to be creative, to say something, to leave something in the canon of musical theater or theater or the arts. It's ultimately all in a creative pursuit. It's 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 artistic, and and, and it's something I pride myself on. And when people ask me, young people ask me, what advice would you give young people who want to pursue the theater? Is learn the names of every single crew person and use them often. It also validates. Everybody is important in that building. Everyone is contributing. It's not just about Scott Rudin and Bette Midler, you know, yeah. the head producer and the head 
because there's enough of that attitude already in the theater, people feeling not important, people feeling not seen and not valued. Those are probably the biggest because they're giving, the choreographer and the director and the music director are sort of giving you the sound, the shape, and the intention, like working on how they need you to fit into the puzzle and, and what they need you to bring and achieve in, in the show. But I always start with the script, obviously, because without the playwright, we have no words to speak and no the composer, no songs to sing. And I try to make all of my decisions based on what the text says. The number one thing I do for every play I do is I say, they say. You take a piece of paper and you, you write, I say, and then I read the script. And any time my character says anything about myself, I write down everything I say, and then I read them, just what I say about myself. And then I go back and I start the script over again, and I say, they say. And then I look through anything anyone else says about me. I write all that down. And then I've got columns of, of statements or thoughts or lyrics that are basically, that is my character. That's where I always begin. And then from there, I start to infer. I believe in God. Why do I believe in God? I start to ask the why. Why is it that I, I have this belief? The tiny moments in the play, the scenes between people, how do I handle myself? I start to think about status. You know, one of the first questions I asked the, the director of hair, Diane Paulus, was, how long will my wig be? And that was important to me because I, I know how long it takes to grow your hair out. And when you see me in the play, my hair's down to here. That's six years of growth. So I back up from there and I think, when did I start disobeying my parents and not cutting my hair the way everyone else was? Just these tiny things that they actually make acting really fun. And there are tricks you can do, quick tricks to engage quickly. My, my quickest trick I always tell students is just stare at the person's mouth. Watch the words come out of their mouth because they are speaking to you. They're talking to you or they're talking to someone else. But if you can see their mouth moving and listen to the words that they're saying as if you've never seen them again, heard them. It's easy to say, listen to what they're saying. And I said, yeah, but listen with your eyes. Stare at their mouth and watch what they're saying. It makes it like a dangerous little balloon that we're tapping up and you're passing the ball to the other actor. If you do the same thing every time, you read the line the same way, I understand why some people do that, because it makes them feel safe. And, and, and they're you know, maybe nervous or anxious or they want to try to recreate a moment. I say recreating something is poison. Rediscovering is manna from heaven. Everything is a borrowed idea, and then I just try to hone it for myself. You realize, oh no, we're not here in an empty theater. We're here with the greatest character, the audience. They're the ones who are actually telling us how fast or how slow we need to drive or or what needs to be clear or what's not clear enough. And each audience is there to be captivated, taken away, escaped, entertained, challenged, whatever the piece calls for. There's so many things that make up an audience. Just like there's so many things that make up a class, just like there's so many things that make up an individual. To not honor that we are all creative, beautiful, interesting, deep, rich individuals. We're not zeros and ones on a spreadsheet. Yeah. We're not scientifically explained. We are not mathematically judged. We are imperfect blobs of emotion and bone and spirit and life. And when we come together, there's nothing greater than the chemistry and the alchemy of musical theater. You miss theater too? So do I. You want to make a difference? So do I. Do you want to collaborate? Yes. Boom. Next thing you know, we've made something in the world. There's a joy. There's a bounce. There's a, an effervescence that's part of that music. I had a great teacher in college. The head of our program, Brent Wagner, said, with lyrics, I can tell you to open the door. Uh -huh. But with music, I can tell you how. 
lyrics are information and, and music is emotion. Music can be topical and effective. Being able to be in control of my own creativity and having an artistic musical outlet that I can express what I'm feeling without being a messenger of someone else's message, you know? I pray that opportunity and imagination and inspiration will present themselves in a way that I don't have to try or muscle them or grab them or create them. Now that said, I'm still going to try to create my own opportunity, find the inspiration and be as imaginative as possible. But I also know that I need to lean back and not pressure myself or guilt myself or shame myself or you should be doing more. That's antithetical to creative process. That's just pressure and fear. So I would say to be creative is to try and nurture my own permission to do what it is that I want to do. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.